Okay, so we are here to talk about we we are beginning our journey to Screevy Scream Six. We're 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 getting we're gonna we're we got it we got we got it we got it locked on and we're like let's do that the let's get ready for Screevy the only way fake nerds know how to do it which is watching every entry of a franchise before the new one shows up that I've never seen before. So we're talking today. This time we did not decide to do it as one thing. As I mentioned up top, we are doing it as Pete. We are doing it as separate things. So next week we will talk about three and four. But today we're talking about one and two. Scream and Scream 2, which came out one year apart, 1996 and 1997. Uh, I'm super excited. We're going to try and stay focused on just one at a time if we can. So we're going to just talk about Scream first. Um, First of all, I and love these movies so um you're gonna get a lot of completely biased opinions from me uh ben how do you feel oh well this is my first time interacting with the scream movies outside of a halloween store because you know you always see those like the ghost face masks and halloween uh the only other thing i knew oh, about okay. scream was from scary movie the scary movie franchise where they would do the what's that like we were talking about that when we were watching the movies last night out of these two, I highly enjoyed these. Um, I get they are horror movies, but they weren't like horrors and I'm actually terrified for the person on screen. I mean, I am, but more so like I want to see how they get out of this. It was really cool to watch how Ghostface or the people playing Ghostface would be there one second. You turn around and then you turn back and they're gone. It's like, oh, there were so many oh shit moments in, in both films that kept me on my toes and also kept me guessing and kept me thinking who's the killer how does it it's like who has the motive who has what it's like um and then when the twists come up at the end uh i'm, I'm generalizing for both of them we'll get down into the nitty-gritty details later but when they come up with the twists i was like really oh my gosh and then it's like oh man it all makes sense now why would i didn't see it before so I highly, highly liked it. I had a good time with these movies. They were very fun. So yeah. Ben, real quickly, just to bounce off of what you said, um, they operate a lot like murder mysteries, mm-hmm. um, which is what I think it was what I think is so successful about them. Um, I love a good murder mystery. I think murder mysteries rule when they're when they're rewatchable, especially um, like watching. I think this honestly might only be the, the second or third time I've seen the first film. Um, I know the first time I ever watched it was with Sparks, but I'm not sure when I would have seen it otherwise. Um, and I, um, man, that was years ago. <laughs> Sparks, that was ages and ages ago. Um, but I, um, I, I, when, when the spoilers, spoilers for all of these movies, um, when, when the phone dropped out of Billy's hand, I was like, oh, I forgot how obvious they make it that Billy is the killer and then completely throw you off the scent. Yeah. I have always enjoyed the Scream movies, but it has been a while since I watched them. Um, Scream 1, I think, might be a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> Scream 2 is excellent. It's really good. But I think that first one, um, my God, I don't. Th- there are very few people who can ride the line of horror, horror comedy camp like Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically in, in, in Scream... It, it is such an incredible line of like, I'm afraid for this person to die. And then one second later, I'm laughing at something they said because it's really funny. Um, and it's able to be like, it is a it is the best like uh, uh, tightrope uh, uh, of this genre. Um, the characters are great. Uh, the mystery is fantastic. Um, 
it's like a bunch of characters are like in all a bunch of different movies and then nev campbell is like <laughs> it's like i'm i'm in this movie in the real movie and then everyone else is like really goofy uh and it's just really fun um i think it's just fantastic uh uh i uh, i'm glad that the scream franchise has continued i am sad west craven is no longer here but man um i just i forgot how good this first movie was i forgot how early it came out too i was thinking like oh yeah scream came out in like 2000 and i'm like no it's 96 like damn that's early great great movie yeah i think i think scream does an incredible job of of taking the piss out of the slasher genre at that point in time and shaking up what horror was doing. Mag brought it up uh, really well. I think great start to some of the stars in analyzing the horror subgenre of the slasher movies and villains. Very meta. It oh, does. Yeah. Uh, being meta really works for it. Um, I think you're right. Like it has, it has such a deft hand at handling its humor and its scares. Dewey, uh, man. Doing them at both times and um, from moment to moment, like, deciding to linger on bits like when Dewey goes to the phone after Sid's gotten the call uh, while Billy's in prison and she she gets freaked out and she walks away and he walks up with the gun and he's like, hello. <laughs> this is a, a very, very funny movie while also being like a really good slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I mean, you're right. Like it it it, it walks that line because like there's the Freddy Krueger cameo. Like if you know, that's incredibly hilarious when you're just like, who's there? It's like, Whoa. Sorry, not Fred. you, Fred. Yeah, not <laughs> you, Fred. Uh, I forgot Henry, Henry Winkler was in this movie. Yeah, a lot of people do if oh, they don't see it for a while, and then it's like, oh yeah, and he's this absolutely unhinged. Oh my principal. god, he's, he's unhinged, and he's like, he's like really perverted. But then like he does something really perverted, and then like the next scene, he's on the announce, like the school announcement. Remember, going, your principal, loves your principal you. loves you. And I'm like, what is going on with this man? Uh, it's like so many like weird different movies are happening at the same time that Dev Campbell's just trying to live her life. Uh, and it's like, it, it's it's a I, I can't talk about the tone enough. How uh, it's a beautiful a beautiful crescendo of so many different feelings at once. And it's it's easy today i think especially for ben because he's the newest to it to take for granted how violently jarring the opening is uh for the time that it came out yeah drew barrymore specifically was cast and people did not know she wasn't the star of the movie they casted one of the biggest stars in the world at the time to be killed in the first 10 minutes mm -hmm. as a joke they did the same thing for the second one and like brutal, Smith. <laughs> brutally um like the way that her, you get the shot of her entrails when she's hanging from the tree oh, is God. very like in the nineties uh, in 96, like that really shook audiences up uh, to yeah. see that. And it's, it's like, it's horrifying. Like with the parents and like the music and like, they start screaming. Uh, and then it does like the weird, like the thing that it does. And I'm like, it's, it's an interesting choice. I don't know if I love that, but you brought the music up. I really like how oppressive the soundtrack is in this movie. Um, in this movie specifically, I can't really recall the the soundtracks for the for the for three, four, and five. Um, I do obviously watch two, so like I recognize that one. But like in this film specifically, like the the the, the there's like heavy gothic um, uh, oppressive sound permeates the movie through its soundtrack, and I think that's really interesting choice for something that is oftentimes very funny. Um, like Ghostface it gets beat up more than any other slasher ever in every, <coughs> in any history in any franchise. Uh, and it's, it's funny oftentimes. And so like, and to have it have this like really just like, 
again, again, oppressive soundtrack is a really interesting choice, and it's a great soundtrack to boot. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. It keeps it very melancholic, especially around Sid, especially as you are slowly getting the pieces of exposition about what happened to her mom, Mm -hmm. which I think is doled out very well perfectly through the film yeah. uh you're you're not fed it all too much at once you get it in small chunks and i think that's really good this of a cotton love it the, sl- the, the small appearance of cotton yeah in the first one he's only on the news screen yeah. for a moment with seconds. an unspeaking role but it's still leah schreiber yeah, yeah. Um, they, they knew just in case <laughs> well they apparently how many no i was gonna say i cannot tell you how many times i'm watching both this movie and scream <laughs> 2 where i'm like wait, this famous person that I know decently well is in this movie? What? Um, Cotton, interestingly enough, I believe Leah Schreiber was was uh, cast specifically because... So Kevin Williamson apparently said that he had the idea for Scream 2 while he was writing Scream 1. So it was, I think, always intended to be two movies. Because um, as, as Sparks mentioned, the film actually came out less than a year after the first film. Um, and, and so they, they turned that one around real quick. Uh, and so I think probably Leah Schreiber was the, the, like, let's get someone for this part so we can have him in the second one. Yes. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that like that initially probably was, might've even been someone else or not been there, uh, quite as, as they see it. And then they knew they were casting Schreiber and so put him into this moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really worked out. Um, Scream, what a, what a what an incredible film. There's so many things that you can say. I think one of the main things is that I think a lot of people can give um, both Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard a bit of ha- a hard time for their acting performances in this film. I know your mom did. <laughs> yeah, um, my mom does not like Skeet Ulrich's acting in this movie. Not at all. Um, and that it's very over the top. And I'm like, they are both consistent at um, A knowing they're the killers the entire movie. Once you know they're the killers and you go back and watch it, every single interaction oh is dripping with every them. Single they one. are playing two characters who have a secret, who know and are, and one of them is really excited about the secret and the other is like, you need to freaking calm down. The first fountain scene, like when they're all mm-hmm. hanging together and like, and, and Billy and uh, uh, Stu are talking. And like, because I I've seen it before. I'm like, oh my god, it's so obvious. If, if once you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the body language and the way Billy keeps trying to tell you to shut up and settle down, because yeah. Stu is so giddy about them doing this. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. just being on the internet, you come across screenshots of movies that you never seen before, obviously. And one of them, of course, was the scene with Matthew Lillard at the end, where he's like holding the gun. He's like doing like the hee hee face. And when I see him in this movie, I'm like, I put two and two together. So I knew that Matthew Lillard was the ki- was a killer. But then the more I watched it, I was like, but is he though? But I, I never knew that Billy was the killer because like the more I see Matthew Lillard, the more I am talking, I see him talking. I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely a killer. But that doesn't mean there's not there's there isn't only one. Like there's, when Billy shows yeah. up and you think Billy's the killer, like when the <laughs> cell phone drops off, I say, I thought, oh, is it him? Is he a killer too, or is he the killer? And then. Matthew Lillard just picks up, or they just like swap off and off. Um, turns out, yes, they both are. But what I have to say is, my I actually really enjoy Matthew Lillard's performance. I know he is over the top, but the, I feel like that's his character. But also, it's like I know I kind of met people like that throughout my life. But then looking over at Billy, the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that he would be telling him, this like, hey, calm down, don't talk like this. But 
it makes sense that Matthew Lillard was the killer the entire film. Um, I, I think people will say that, like, you know, Skeet Ulrich in particular is is not doing uh, a great job in acting certain scenes earlier in the film. And I would argue that I think he's so consistent because who he is at the end of the movie is who he is throughout the whole movie. He's just only letting parts of it out. And I think it's very selective. And I think it's very much there to like throw Pete, throw Sydney off and uh, lure her into his trap of thinking that he is the killer just so that he can try and prove he's not the killer yes. by creating an alibi. I think he makes all those moves very selectively. This is a written in the script, but I think Skeet Ulrich is still the character he is when he reveals how unhinged and insane he is and he's that throughout the whole movie he's just that in different doses uh and i think that that's why the performance is so good it's because yeah. he is truly that character consistently throughout the film it's yes it is kind of like yeah it's very obvious that it's there but they give you just the right amount in the script kind of trick you into thinking that billy might just not be it also what a revelation it was that there was not one killer but two yeah <laughs> i wanted to bring that up because I, I one of the things that I, I like about the screen franchise as a whole is that it's actually not afraid to be predictable but it's also also adds the second killer angle to the first film to say yeah it was who you think but also there right. was this so it adds that layer of unpredictability to a predictable setting because there's billions of slasher movies like someone's gonna, gonna figure this out but no but because there's billions of slasher films we're not going to figure out the second killer we're not looking for him and and this being like a like a like again like a meta deconstruction of, of what a slasher movie is like i mean you literally have randy saying like here's all the rules of, of the movie we're currently in what we can't do like we have we have uh uh sydney going like uh why why don't you just run out the front door instead of go up the stairs that's so stupid or whatever right and then that exact thing happens to her because her front door got <clears> locked <throat> and she can't get out in time. So she has to run up the stairs. And I'm like, they know what movie they're making. They they want to make a quote-unquote traditional slasher movie. They, they can also make fun of the genre at the same time. Right. You can make a great version of a movie while also making fun of the trappings of it, which is all the entirety of what Scream is about. And I, was, I, I'm sorry, ahead. real quick. Um, I just, I appreciate like what you were saying, Brandon, because like, it, it, like a murder mystery movie the clues are there in the sense that like these characters are so consistently the killers throughout the whole film. Like you can really see it in every moment with them prior to uh, once, you know, you uh, one of the, the standouts for me that I didn't catch until like the sixth or something time I saw scream. It was, it was some amount of times into seeing it um, is that uh, Stu. And it's funny because they throw you off entirely from it happening. But Stu tells Tatum to go get him a beer. Yeah. I'm, yep, but yep. then uh, immediately after he says that, she's like, you go get a beer. And then uh, Gail comes in and they have the whole inter interaction with her and Dewey about Gail coming into the party and everything. And that happens. Then Tatum goes to the garage. You almost entirely forget that Stu told her to go do it. And he set her up like, to get killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's there, but it's just not too obvious. Also, yeah. <clears throat> who puts a cat door in a, on a garage door? Someone who wants a death scene where a girl is pulled up by a garage door <laughs> until she's smushed. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't think that house exists unless it's in this specific movie, and that's really funny. <laughs> there are some really gnarly kills in this in this movie. Sure, like I I, I really like the 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 fact that like. I think Wes Craven, I think Sparks is probably right about this film's a masterpiece. I think Wes Craven felt really free to do this movie. He was, um, he did a, um, 
we we've talked the praises to death of Freddy's New Nightmare or Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Excellent movie. Definitely what he was playing with. What what we get to see in Scream. He's knocking at that door in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Absolutely. and then he 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 goes further with it in Scream. Like he was he he was primed for this movie. He wanted this movie, and he puts all so much of himself and what he he personally thinks into this movie, and it works because and, of that. And full credit to Kevin Williamson, who also, you know, works on making these films with Wes Craven. Um, He's the other half of the coin that makes these films work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to outshine that. Like Wes Craven uh, has the overall umbrella for on screen for sure. But Kevin Williamson is instrumental to why these films have worked. Um, Why Sydney and the others are such compelling characters who you want to keep revisiting. Um, Nev Campbell gives a really great performance. Uh, I, I, don't mean that ironically i mean that sincerely i think that one of the smartest interactions and like moments for her acting in the film is this bit where she's in the bathroom um and the other girls are talking about her mom and they are ludicrous like absolutely insanely up energy like it's not a bad scene but it is like very very like holy shit we are just going for the meanness and cruelty of what these girls are saying but she is hiding in a stall and it's just a close shot on her subtle uh, acting to what they are saying about her mom and what that means about her. And I think she's so good mm-hmm. at being this person who has so many things thought about her already. Um, Sydney, Sydney, even before Ghostface comes along, is living a life uh, where everyone already has these expectations and judgments about what kind of person she is and who she is and constantly wanting to put her in the place of being a victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is predetermined a victim because of her mom being killed. And that's pretty much it. And one could even argue before that because of people talking about her mom being a slut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like she's been in this position forever. Um, And I think that it's really, really good that that uh, this again, being a sea change that she is this person who is given the strength and will to want to actively fight Ghostface. She's a, she's a fighter. Yeah. Um, the 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 costume um, so simple, so wonderful, so uh, iconic uh, because it is it is in the in the narrative of the film a widely released uh, a Halloween costume that anybody can pick up anywhere. Father um, Death. Father Death. That's the one. Um, and like that. That's. I mean, and now we have that as Ghostface, but like the idea of like uh, throwing some, throwing once again, throwing you off the scent of like who the killer could be, because like it, it it's the Spider-Man thing. It can be anyone. Mm-hmm. It, like there's only one person who could be Michael Myers, and there's only one person who could be Jason Voorhees. There's anybody can put on that mask and be Ghostface. Yeah, he's he's horror Spider-Man. Yeah, he's the Spider-Man he's horror murder. Spider-Man. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, do do we? I forgot how incredible David Arquette is as Dewey. Yeah. Uh, the little, the the big little cop who could, you know, he's twenty five years old, but he's he's fourteen. I was twenty four for a whole year. Yeah, that is that's that's probably my favorite line. Uh, like Gail's demographics, like eleven to twenty four, and he's like, I'm twenty five. It's twenty four a whole year. The other thing that's really funny about it is because it's Gail trying to take advantage of what she perceives as a dumb cop, yeah, and like having the opportunity, and also being immediately charmed by him yeah. the way she just wasn't. I ready cannot help it. I'm- I was immediately waiting, like after every interaction that Gail had with Dewey in the very beginning, I was thinking, okay, she's just pulling, she's just do, pulling on the charm, batting her eyes at this cop who is a little bit, who, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of an idiot. 
I you love him, but he's he's kind of stupid. And then like when she's like, no, I actually care about this guy. I'm like, really? Huh? Because I okay. think like Gail, especially at this time in her life, she's like uh, pawn scum. She's awful. So the yeah. fact that she's someone who is so like unbelievably real and just like you're so innocent. Oh my god! It's she's like endeared <laughs> to him. Like they are polar opposite people and an opposite tract. Uh, and then over the course of the of the show, like they they balance each other out, but while still being Gail, still a bitch in the next movies, right? You know, like that doesn't change. Uh, actually, but her I, I want to talk about that once we get to the next movie because I actually really like what they did in the second one. Because I was thinking that once they go, once we go from Scream One to Scream Two, I was thinking the complete opposite was going to happen. We'll get into that in just a moment. Yeah. Um, I think what's so great about Dewey um, is that. There's a moment where the movie wants you to think maybe he's the killer, and then it's like, nah, um, <laughs> not Dewey. Uh, not it's, it's Dewey. not Dewey. Um, not Dewey. I, think I think that's really funny um, because there's the when she opens the door and he's got the mask and like that's you're like, oh, <laughs> is it Dewey? And then it's like, nah, it's not Dewey. Um, and I think he's he's such a David Arquette is such a great great, great uh, uh, role in this movie because there's a there's a sense of innocence to Dewey in a way that none of the other characters have. He just wants to, he's young, he's learning. Ben called him an idiot. That's not true. He's an experienced. Um, and that's, I think, David Arquette, I think David Arquette walks that line brilliantly of everyone thinks he's an idiot, but he's not, he's just an experience and he's learning and he learns throughout the movie and he continually learns throughout the franchise. And honestly, like the truth be told of the, the screen franchise, why do, why do Gail and Dewey have such good chemistry? It's because they they got together in real life. Yeah. Like it, the chemistry was real for them, and and so that's that's also part of what adds to those two just like having the charm and working off each other. It makes you endeared to that relationship at the core of this franchise, which is really cute. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, lot, lot of lot of murder. Uh, obviously, when when Dewey gets he he stumbles out of the house and you see the knife in his back, and I'm like I'm like I knew he'd survive, but I'm like no, I'm not doing. Yeah, I'm I like, thank too. God he survived. Yeah, <laughs> do it twice. <laughs> he gets stabbed in the same place in the second movie. Oh my God, the scar tissue saved him. Brilliant, <laughs> love it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through gets, a couple of notes here. Um, bring them out. Uh, Ryan Ryan noticed it for the first time, I think, um, that in the opening there is a uh, slow guitar of "Don't Fear the Reaper." Yeah, uh, for Billy's first scene with. Sydney. Uh, Sydney. Yeah, when Billy climbs into her room, like mm. a really like like a uh 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 what the I'm on the word acoustic a, acoustic. Thank you. Yeah. I had a brain fart. Acoustic version of uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper," uh, and I'm like, wow, this is incredibly sinister. Now that I know, yeah. Oh my god, brilliant, brilliant choice. The music, the, especially the, the the pop music choices, are really good in both of these 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 two movies. But it's no mistake that like the first major um, needle drop moment you get is this Don't Fear the Reaper cover because it this movie is paying homage directly, directly to Halloween 1978. It is a major, major milestone inspiration for how Scream comes about, the movie that it is not necessarily making fun of, but um, pick, picking apart in terms of uh, modern sensibilities for the genre at the time. And um, I think that's really, really good. Obviously that comes full circle in the end because Halloween the original is featured prominently uh, for the third act um, yes, to the is. point to the point where 
I think this is so cool. Um, it accurately, it's not jumping around. The movie is accurately running in real time of when the events are supposed to be happening. So you're getting these sound effects that are being timed for the things that are happening in the film. So it's almost working as the film's new score, but they haven't altered where the film is running in time. They're letting scenes play out. I, I, that, that's what I noticed this time around because it's so interesting. There's a moment where like Ghostface is stalking and we hear dunnan. And it's the yeah. Halloween soundtrack playing as the soundtrack of the movie, but it's not. It's on the TV. I think that's so cool. I, I looked at it. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where, because uh, uh, I was like, what's going on? And it's it's when Jamie Lee Curtis is in the closet and she's getting attacked by Michael. Uh, and and I'm, you're hearing the sounds. And yeah. you're hearing the sounds. And I'm like, man, this is really clever. It's very clever. Yeah. Um, I think the interweaving and like it's both paying tribute, but like taking from and functionally using parts of Halloween 1978 as its own music background, I think is so, so smart. Yeah. Um, Mag brought up the opening with Drew Barrymore being iconic. Yes, absolutely. We did touch on it a little bit. The earlier. voice, the, the, the ghost face voice. Oh, yeah. I like iconic with capital I, I, I. Yeah. Like, I, I think that is like. I, I want to buy one of those things. I'm sure they exist now. Uh, whoever, whatever the guy who does that voice, he's he's set for life. He's so good. I could have swore that was Steve Bloom when I first heard it. Definitely. Nah. Nah, no Bloom. You know no, what? No I actually, I, I, I don't, I I, uh, I get it. Yeah. I, I, there's a Steve Bloominess to that voice. Oh, he's got, he's got the rasp. Oh, yeah. But um, what the thing that I think, I think that Scream does so well is that everyman kind of horror of like, this could literally be anyone. And like the, uh, watching the movie back back after seeing it for the first time, it's pretty obvious that, that's pretty obvious that Billy's the killer. But it literally could have been anyone in that cast outside of Nev Campbell. Um, yeah. Like it, it, it could have been Dewey. It could have been Randy. Yeah. It could it could have been the dad. Like there is no reason. And like and it's because it's not their actual voice, and it's co and it's covered from head to toe. <clears throat> Roger Jackson is right. the name of the voice actor who plays the voice of Ghostface in the entire Scream franchise. Great, great voice, great voice. Except for Scream season one. Uh, yeah. Okay, I just meant the movies. Yeah. But yes, except for Scream, um, season one and two. I should Scream watch that. There, there's two seasons. There's two three. seasons. Of that show? There are three, three seasons of Scream. I might try to watch those before Screevy comes out. Uh, yeah, I guess sure. Maybe the last two seasons? Huh? The last two seasons you said were pretty good. No, I that's inaccurate. I said the last season was terrible. Um, the Ooh. first season was pretty good, and the second season was also pretty good until it got to the reveal of the killer, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Well, is it streaming anywhere? Maybe. We'll see. It's on Netflix. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about that. Um, oh, I love also going back to the bathroom scene. I also love that it is never made clear if that was even Stu or Billy because it probably wasn't. It was probably a kid messing around. Mm. Being in the ghost face oh, costume. yeah. Like we yeah, never yeah. find out one way or another. And it's one of the reasons why Sid's not even going to bother trying she to tell an it. adult or a teacher right there. She's just going to run because for all she knows, she knows that kids are running around in the outfits and everything. She's already seen it. And she just got in like in egg on her face for fingering billy at being wrong yeah, yeah so uh i i love that i love that that detail is there because like there's no reason for us to believe that was billy or Stu. those yeah. big boots <clears throat> uh mag has a comment that's confusing me uh real quickly ben if you want to pull that up not even a blumhouse reference i don't I think, believe blumhouse was around when this i think when this he's movie was joking released. 
Okay. Um now helps make those, right? I think so. I think they made they, they made Scream Five and, and Six. Yeah. I think he's just he's joking. Um yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on on, I'm on at one the... one cream? One cream? One cream? Uh Tatum is to this point, I'm pretty sure, but we're gonna go through the movie, so I'll I'll remember one way or another. But I'm pretty sure she's the only person who refers to the killer as Ghostface. Mm. Um, I don't think that anyone else ever in the films refers to the outfit as Ghostface. They just call it the killer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we as fans call them Ghostface, but that moniker comes from Tatum. Um, oh, real quickly, sorry, Blumhouse does not produce Scream Five and Six because they're mm-hmm. produced by Paramount, not Universal. There I didn't. Go. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, uh, Randy's oh, iconic. Real quickly, real quickly. I'm so sorry, Sparks. No, Ooh, go ahead. Paramount. Mm, Randy's iconic uh, monologue about the rules. Oh, I'll be back. Um, oh yeah. That, that's that's an incredible scene. Um, just, oh, the, that scene lives in infinity. I forgot. I forgot how intricate actually, like the whole the whole plot of of the mom being killed by Billy and Stu because. Because Billy's dad was having an affair with, with Nev's mom, uh, uh, Sydney's mom, which made his mom, which made his mom get abandoned him. Which stuff that happens in Scream Two is crazy. Right. I love, I love how just like stupid and like like nonsensical. <clears throat> I love it. Also, a super important point to touch on is the very clear um, subtextual homoeroticism between Randy and mm-hmm. uh, sorry, not Randy and uh, Billy between and Stu and they Billy. even say that in the yeah. second movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's very much there. Um, uh, Billy is definitely did it at least once. Billy is very angry about it, and Stu is not. Right. Um, you definitely get the feeling like like Stu's bisexual hardcore. Oh yeah. Uh, and and Billy. Uh, well, we don't know. Maybe he just needed Stu. He's horny for murder. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's definitely there. Like you, you see it more than once. The way that uh, Stu will put himself around the backs of other guys. He does it to Randy in the video store. Yeah, and he yeah. does it most prominently to Billy in the reveal scene. Oh, um, yeah. And he gets right up behind them. Uh, yeah, song "Red Right Hand," one of one of Craven's favorites, um, associated with uh, the franchise used, from here on. Yeah, used multiple times in the mm-hmm, second movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think that's that's really great. I love Randy's scene in the video store. Um, especially oh my God, where it's so like, loud. there's always there's always a good reason to kill your girlfriend, and then like there's a, <laughs> there's a woman standing the behind him who just like looks up and she's like, <laughs> just a no face and runs out and <laughs> leaves. Really good, really good. Super good. Uh, yeah, I forgot how. Yeah. Uh, oh, script so good. Script is. I remember. What, I remember. What I was gonna say. I've been trying to figure it out for a while. Um, there's a uh, there's a prevalent conversation going on for most of our lives about how media influences violence um and and many people were saying you know no it doesn't and so like Wes Craven um has it in this movie yes these are film fans who are also psychotic but the films were not the reason why they're psychotic um because they have that whole line it's like no movies don't create serial killers movies make serial killers more uh, more clever more, more creative. creative more yeah, creative yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and then we'll get to the second movie which is really funny um yeah it is it is its own uh, idea of 
how media in, and violence kind of interweave themselves, especially I think Screen 2 has a lot more that it wants to chew on about that concept than this one. Oh, yeah. Um, but I but I mean, like, when you are making a metatextual comment on horror films as a whole, it's going to come up, like, how that relates to the killers themselves being uh, affected by it and wanting to do this, it's especially Stu's, like, terminology of saying, like, you got to have the sequel, um, all yeah. that kind of stuff. <clears throat> It's a it's a good plan. It's a it's a good uh, reveal of all the pieces of what they were doing, and they're foiled by being human. It's one of my favorite things about Ghostface. It's why I love watching these films. Is that he's so fallible. Um, Ghostface is a killer. Can be tripped up. Can be knocked out. Can be beaten up. Uh, I really love it. it I, happens all I the time. It it, I think it. I think it makes it more tense because it feels more like it can happen. Yeah. Um, and I I really enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, Game two. Hold on. Sorry, I had I had just a little bit more. Oh, the the reliance that Billy and Stu have, the absolute certainty they have that the uh, rest of the guys from the high school who are still left at the party are going to be so callous about hearing the principal was strung up on the goalposts that they're going to leave the party. They were like, when we need everyone to clear out, that's when the phone call will come through, letting them know that the principal was strung up on the goalposts. What timing. I love that like five drunk teenagers are going to like, yeah, let's go drive to a crime scene while we're under the age intoxicated. Yeah. Sounds smart to me. Right. Um, but they want to see him. Uh, it's sick oh, the, uh, my final thought, uh, uh, the Randy uh, scene where he dies, but it's 30 seconds behind on the cameraman's box. So mm -hmm. like, like yeah. kid, get out of there. Get out of the way. Oh, wait, cool. it's on a it's on 30 uh, seconds. You want to talk about the, the Jamie, Jamie, turn around. Oh my God. That is turn so around, funny. Jamie. So this actor's name is Jamie Kennedy. So he's talking about himself in the movie where he's about to die. Uh, while, watching while watching Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. Uh, incredible. You, Wes Craven, you, you, <clears throat> beautiful man. Um, you rest in peace, uh, sir. The drunk driving teens leads to one of my favorite lines in the film, which is uh, Gail pointing over and saying, is that what you've been looking for? And Dewey staring at her saying, my whole life. Which <laughs> <laughs> is the most, which is the most young Anakin energy. Oh in my God, you're right. For this ever. You are so right. <laughs> my whole life. Oh my God. He's going to feed her like a space, <laughs> space pair next. Are you an yeah. angel? Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the cast is great. The performances are great. The score is great. Yeah. Uh, the cinematography is awesome. The editing is pretty sharp. There's a couple of things that I don't think have aged so well in our very 90s, but overall, it's still just like, even as a product of its time, um, as Mag brought up, like like being limited by the technology they had at the time, like having to use the computer to try and call 911 when the oh landline wasn't I love it. <clears throat> uh, just, just it, what a what a great little film. I love it so much. Um, ben, what would you rate it? Uh Probably an eight and a half or a nine. Yeah. Pick one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would give it, I would give it a ten. I think this movie is like almost flawless. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think now like now that I've watched this one and two, and I've most recently seen five, I think the first one is probably going to be my, ended up being my favorite. Uh, maybe Scream Six if that movie is as cool as it is and as inventive and being like a new city. But uh, Scream One, the original. It's it's just it's like it's perfect. It's just like it's almost perfect. Uh, I, I think it's incredible. Do we all rate it? Let's see. Yeah, we all rate. It. No, only three of us. Uh oh. I think I'm leaning toward a nine. 
Oh yeah, baby. I think I like it. I think I live in a nine area. That's even higher than you put on Letterbox this week, so that's awesome. I changed it. I don't know if you saw. I changed Yay, it. Hey, I love it. Why? Well, I, I, I I made it. I made a four and a half star. Yeah, yeah, that's a nine. Yeah, uh, it's a nine. Uh, I I love it. It's a ten. Um, I I wondered if like on this another another viewing yet another viewing would I reassess and take it down? And I am saying nay, no, sir. No. It is a ten. It's for a me. classic. This is a classic. You can't stop it. All right, let's go to Scream Two. Scream Two. Just, just Scream Two. They didn't do weird stuff for this one. Let me let me imagine. <laughs> uh, so Jada Pinkett Smith is the star of this movie, just like Drew Barrymore was the star of the first movie. Her and Omar Epps. Yeah, they are... <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith is on, like, the box art of, like, the DVD thing, like, when you turn it on. <clears> and I'm like, <throat> she's in this movie the for most, time. The most insane movie theater audience ever. I Yo, yeah. man, I've seen, like... Like, I've, we've seen Endgame so together. On the, like, on the line of, I don't, R -R -R. I don't even really want to see this movie. I just want to stand in a room with a mask and a fake knife and scream. See, here's the thing, like... Those types of theater experiences happen for like Rocky Horror Picture Show or like The Room. It's not for opening night for of opening a movie. Night, yeah, because like I can't hear what the movie's saying. Right, it's a it's, it's a preview screening. It's a preview screening for a movie that is the first in the fran in a franchise that is based um, on a true story of murders. And so, like to have that packed of a theater with everyone just like, yeah, I'm gonna run around and stab people with my fake knife is wild. The hype was too real, man. The stab universe, man, the scream people, universe. People show up in a passionate fervor for Heather Graham, Tori Spelling, and Luke Wilson. Let me tell oh you. Oh my God, Luke uh, Wilson! Did you know that Robert Rodriguez <laughs> filmed those? Huh? Robert Rodriguez filmed those scenes. Yeah, I love it. It's, I it's so good. Incredible. It's so good. Um, man, Scream Two. I don't think I, it is. I don't think it's as good as Scream, but boy, howdy, it is not a. It is a great movie. It is almost a perfect sequel. Uh, I don't have a lot of uh, really a lot of issues with it either. Uh, it's just not as not as tight because it's a sequel it's trying to do bigger and bigger things. It, it's it's more chaotic, and I love it for it. I love who our villains are for this movie. I love yeah. them. I I honestly I go back and forth every time I watch it. I'm like, is Scream Two my favorite? Is it Scream? Is it Scream? 2? The thing is, it's trying to say I like like because it's just trying to do more than the first movie. Uh, uh, so like I like what it's trying to say and how funny it is, and it continues mm. to be really funny. Uh, and Timothy Oliphant, funnier, and Timothy uh, Oliphant is so good. Dewey evolves completely into a Twin Peaks character. Dude, he gets his own living theme in the song Scream universe. Like a, he's like dun, 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 dun. He's, he's so Dale Cooper in this movie, like or, like young Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Uh, the stuff with him and Gale, I love. Again, like the the soundtrack is like amped up, so there's like more pop and stuff. Um, just everything is kind of ramped up to a little bit because that's what a sequel does. After uh, five. And what what five does does with Dewey, which I won't spoil for Ben. Um, I was thinking like, has Dewey just always been my favorite character? Mm -hmm. um, and then watching Scream one and two back to back, I was like, oh shit, Dewey has always been my favorite character. He's great. Dewey's great. Yeah. Um, um, I really like watching him evolve. Again, going back to like what the thing of like he's an experience. He's learned from he's learned from that that thing of like. And that's the thing about watching what Scream is so unique. What makes Scream so unique is that it has had the most of the same core cast since the first film, and we've seen them grow and we've seen them evolve. <clears throat> and every movie doesn't revert their characters back; that evolves their characters in new ways. Gail's arc in this film, at first glance, is a repeat of her arc in the first film, but then you realize that she reverted back to that person, and then and then when character when when she puts down that wall, 
the character development picks up from where it was in the first film and she progresses once, even further. Once we get introduced to Debbie Salt, and then that's the Gale of this movie. Yeah. Gail's like, oh, this is this is what I'm like. This is what I am to other people. This sucks. Uh, and Gail starts to become a better person because uh, she realizes, oh, wow, maybe this isn't the way I'm supposed to do things. That that and being reunited with doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, her mm-hmm. true love. Uh, ben, get, give me yeah. some overall takes on Scream 2, how you felt. Uh, also, really enjoyed it. Um, what I love about what I really like about Scream 2 is that it definitely takes the lessons learned from the first film and applies them, but then they have to create more things to get around it. Like Sydney, obviously, she has she gets a bunch of phone calls from people asking who her favorite scary movie is. She has a, a little phone ID thing. She's still very she's very trust or she's not very trustworthy. She still keeps people at arm's length, like her boyfriend, who when all the murders start happening, he she keeps him at away, and he's like, "I'm gonna be there to support you, but at the same time, you need space." Like when he says, "And I'm supposed to be understanding," she's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, I will be," and he just not doesn't cause a fight, doesn't cause a scene. I mean, that's a good boyfriend. That is a very good boyfriend, and also one of the things I really like is how they handle Gail and Dewey because when you see Gail for the first time, she's like, okay, she's famous. She has a bunch of money now because of her books. The the film is, is hitting up. She's kind of, she's a little, she's kind of bitchy. But then when Dewey comes in on the scene and he sees Gail, I'm thinking, Oh no, did she dump him? And he's just like a straight little puppy dog. In fact, it was kind of the reverse. I have, I get the feeling that he was the one who said, no, when this isn't working, and or he said, no, if you're if I'm not going to be in your life and then I'm gone while Gail goes to do all this famous stuff. And when he talks to Gail, he's not like, Gail, I miss you. Please take him back. He's like, no, I remember what you did. All you if, if you, I may. You said, oh. If I may, I think I think a totally valid reading of this film is also that maybe they just didn't give it an honest thought and I'll just try that yeah. they 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 just <clears throat> were never really a couple. And, and Dewey was just kind of like what are we i think Nothing. i think gail like like there was something there but gail got famous and swept up in that and yeah. and left like yeah. she left woodsboro mm-hmm. and dewey didn't dewey was recovering um and then her book comes out and then this is when he sees her again and he's like yeah you kind of feel like you used me oh which was she... which was her initial intent but we know that there was something real there mm-hmm. yeah. and then she even says some not so nice things about him in her book he he quotes the page about how she I calls love, him like, like book- page 42 i love that so much <laughs> he's like look i read your book because i wanted to support you but at the same time i see what you thought about me so i'm like no i don't want this yeah uh yeah the the, the the new cast in this is great like our support our returning cast is, is obviously still great but like sarah yes uh mag brings up sarah michelle geller shows up for a little bit she's one of our you know uh, uh random uh uh teens who gets murdered here or no not teens anymore they're in college the, the guy movie, real quick the fun thing about this movie is despite this coming out less than a year uh uh from scream one this takes place years after scream one uh which is really cool she's in college now uh and i'm like oh that's fun um the the there's a cameo in the first film and the second film that's um i thought this guy would be a bigger role because it's the guy from fringe justin um, justin johnson george sorry man um, we know who you're talking about yeah yeah he's in it joshua for jackson. Ju- what is it joshua jackson joshua jackson he's in it for only that scene that mag is talking about which is his favorite scene and I thought I was like, oh, he's in this too. No, he's not. He's just in that scene. 
Yeah, Dawson's Creek wasn't big yet, so he wasn't big yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have waited a year. But Sarah Michelle Gellar was surprised. I forgot that, that she was in this. Um, I forgot about his her boyfriend, too. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, thank you. Yeah, um, Timothy Oliphant. I love as Mickey. He is so, like, weird. He's such a weird guy in this movie. Portia de Rossi as the oh the sister, the sorority sister. Yeah, her and... Oh my god, I forgot about, I forgot yeah, that was her, Portia de Rossi. Her friend, also Rebecca Gayhart, who was also, also Rebecca Gayhart, a, a, yeah. a big 90s a big 90s lady. Uh, I forgot, like, man, like, all of these movies are just filled with young actors. Young this, young actors. This I do film, want... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please, please. Well, I was just going to say, this film is bigger, but it's also funnier. Um, yeah. there, there's a lot of really funny lines. I think Sydney really, I think uh, Nev Campbell really settles into the Sydney character, who the Sydney character will be from now on yeah. in this film. She, this kind of like fed upness of like, I've been through this already. Um, you're not going to get away with this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's got that kind of confidence of like, I'm not going to be the final girl anymore. I'm going to be. And, and real quickly, my final thought on that is just that like, she also delivers some truly great lines. There's a line at the end of this film, which I wrote down. I was like, uh, when it's revealed that this is Mrs. Loomis, the mother and, and, uh, Gail's like, no, it can't be. I've seen pictures of you. And, and she's like, yeah, this is 60 pounds and a lot of work later. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> this is yeah. really funny. No, I really, I really love Sydney's arc through this film. Um, it, it's one of the reasons why I almost put Scream 2 over the original so many times is because I think Sid's arc is, is not only, really good but a rarity in yeah. a horror movie where um you are getting this person who was the final girl and she is actively dealing with the idea of trying to live a normal life after that and trying to move away from her trauma and for a, a, a portion of the film kind of having a back and forth of facing it or running away from it um, until she makes the decision I'm going to face it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really, really good. I, I love the idea again of like going back to this character who has been made into a victim for much of her life and trying to lit, move on from that. And then having to say like, I, I will just actively not be that victim. Like you won't yeah. get to play these games with me. She, she, Nev Campbell is so good in that first movie, but it is a much more reserved role. Like she is, she is playing like the teenage final girl. She is like hardcore in this one. I like Nev Campbell is so good, you know, in all these movies. But like this one, like oh, like oh, she's a superstar. She isn't. She isn't. She's an actor. And again, she, she's really good in the first. But like, man, like she's bringing it in this one, and she brings it for the rest of the franchise too. Um, and it is right. Like, is she? It would have been such a bummer to have her just be in the same role. Like, oh, you know, I'm. Um, uh, I'm still innocent and all these bad things have happened to me. Like, no, girl, take charge. Hell it's, yeah. It's one of the reasons I love the entire, like, theater scene so much, um, which is her talking about dropping out of the play and him being like, like, part of the reason you're perfect for this is because you have faced this. Yeah, yeah. So go and face it and, like, use it. Her, her trying out like that's just a genius scene this like the greek faces oh, and everything spooky. with the knives and it's like man this is going to be really triggering for you here we go um and again another like kind of like uh the bathroom scene there's no concrete information to tell us that absolutely mickey or mrs loomis were in that room that could have been now, a hallucination now, now i will say you can very clearly see if you're watching the shot closely where Ghostface steps away and moves another person into the spot. But I don't know entirely if that's just because you can see it yeah. or you were supposed to see it. Because I do think that it's supposed to be like the bathroom scene where you're supposed to be Ambiguous. not entirely sure was Ghostface there or was Ghostface just in her head. Yeah. 
and I really, really like that. I really like the idea of, of it just triggering her trauma and that being part of what she has to overcome in this film, that sometimes Ghostface isn't even there, but she's seeing him. Um, and I think that's really, really good. Uh, ben, did you... Did you... There's no way you could have, you could have predicted Mrs. Loomis as the killer, but did you predict oh, that no. that Timothy Oliphant was the killer? Because he disappears nope. pretty quickly into the movie. He does, and I should. And when the, Timothy Oliphant reveals himself to be the killer, I was like, I should have saw this coming because I completely forgot. I was too focused on the boyfriend. I was too focused on on like even the camera guy. For a second, I was suspecting the camera guy because he leaves and guess and then like he's a he kills and then Randy uh, dies. Like Randy dies in the camera in the camera van, so I'm like, oh shit, is the camera guy is is he? A both films, both films are really in the movie. Both films are really good at making a, making a character leave a scene and then killing a character and then having the character return to the scene. Yeah, um, and it's not not always the same character each time it happens, um, which which I think is really really cool. Um, he but he that that guy is like quickly disavowed of being the killer because he faints in a very convincing manner of just like oh yeah I yeah. I love I love that character because he's like okay so I found out that the guy before he got gutted he got murdered uh, well he didn't get gutted he got his throat slit and he's like that's he, he ain't in murder. the union anymore <laughs> he's not in the union anymore <laughs> such a good line and then that dude bails. He bails, and that's so smart. And then, and then he comes back. He after comes back solved. after everything's done, so he can get some credit for it. Not Let's do this like so, the old days. So smart! Oh my god, brilliant! I love that. Um, I, I had remembered. Oh. Uh, sorry, I had remembered that the reporter that that um what's her, what's the real name of Mrs. Loomis? We Not the real name. First name. What's your last name? Loomis. Loomis. No, no, no. Sorry, I didn't mean Debbie real name. Debbie Salt, thank you. Um, the the I, I remember Debbie Salt as the villain, as the as one of the killers, but I couldn't remember who the second killer was. And I was going back and forth between Jerry O'Connell and Timothy Oliphant. Um, and I was like, it's one, it's definitely one of those two. Um, uh, so it, it's kind of fun when you when you can when you don't see a movie for so long, you kind of only half remember it. Um, yeah. and, and it still surprises you. So I, I haven't real quick. I haven't seen Scream Two in a while, uh, 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 and I, re I the only reason I remember Timothy Oliphant was a killer because I see the gif of him doing the Frankenstein getting up and getting shot twenty <laughs> times because that mm -hmm. is a hilarious scene. Uh, he just like gets up. Uh, but yeah, I completely also forgot that Mrs. Loomis was was the killer. So I see mm -hmm. Debbie Salt. I'm like this bitch. She's just trying to be the next Gail Weathers, uh, and I'm like, oh my god, it's perfectly sane, reasonable Mrs. Loomis. Um, <laughs> So uh, what I was going to say is uh, I did Timothy Oliphant is so good as, as Mickey, what I love is the film does such a good job of uh, making you feel like you are walking back down that Billy Loomis path to stereo call. Like you are, you are going to go down that road again. And they're, they're really trying to drive you in that direction. Like, Oh man, it's really going to suck. It sucks that this is the way Sid has to live her life. And so much so because Sid is convinced that that's also true. Sorry. Hold on. We got cats, cats and doors. Mm -hmm. Doors and cats. What's going on? The cats. The cats are just being super inconsistent tonight, where they want to be inside, outside, inside, outside. Anyway, um, but we're trying to keep it shut to not make so much noise. Anyway, uh, so you are constantly thinking, "Oh no, she's going to go through the boyfriend thing again." And then when you get the Mickey reveal, and he says, "It's okay, Derek. We got her." 
Oh. And it's like, oh no, no. So- and he's sitting there and you're like, I really believe that he's not it because he's trying to plead to sin. That it's not he's him. lying. It's such a brutal shot when he gets shot. It's like it's honestly like really gnarly where he gets shot and and he what, where back Jesus got stabbed. She, she rushes over and try to cover the wound and because she's like, oh my god, I I was wrong. I was wrong. I shouldn't have doubted it because he he loved her so much. Uh, the, the yeah, and again, being a sequel, like the the kills are more brutal. Uh, I think the most brutal one is Dewey's. No, uh, no. The most brutal one is 100% the guy who, the cop who's sitting on the front of the car and gets smashed in with a uh, pipe yeah. going through his head. Yeah. Because totally you see his head moving around afterwards. Yeah. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think he's most emotional, that I will say. Sure. That's uh, again, even though Dewey survives. That's the, that's the thing of like, um, so Mag has a comment here, Ben, if you can bring that up. Um, I can see why Randy had to be killed because he would have been a, f- a fail to the killer. The foil to the killer, or couldn't keep up uh, character development than the rest. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but also it's a really effective kill because you do kind of wonder, like, okay, well, we're in a sequel territory. Who's safe, or how much are we franchising this? Um, and Randy was a fan favorite character from the first film, and to kill him off almost halfway through the movie, um. At the end of what is essentially a really hilarious kind of Scooby-Doo riff of Gale and uh, Dewey just tackling teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Randy goes out sad. I think that's a pretty sad setup for his death. Um, mostly because I like Randy as a character. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's harsh. And for a long, mm-hmm. a long time, that held me back on putting Scream 2 on the quality level film that I think that I think it is because I was like they killed Randy and they did it stupid. Um and I'm I'm more okay with it these days because I think it was the right call. I think that you needed to kill Randy um because I think that that's the direction that character needed to go in. I I think you were going to um neuter some amount of development for the other characters if we were constantly having randy uh talk about the rules and and randy was the one who i felt like wasn't allowed to grow the least because he was still being love lord over sid yes and if the end game isn't him getting together with sid then he's got to move forward from that yeah yeah. so i think killing him was the right call and also doing it while the audience still loves him um, is the right call before he overstays his welcome also his little soul patch goatee thing was awful and just like you said brandon uh it makes it makes the other characters feel like we could lose any of them at any time. We got stakes. Um, yeah, I, I think that's right. But the other one I'm less okay with is that Elise, uh, sorry, um, Elise Neal's uh, Hallie goes out sad. Her, her roommate. And I feel bad for her. She just gets oh, jumped. Hallie did, should have gone out better if she had to go out at all. I kind of wish I, at this point in my life, I'm like, she should have stuck around for at least one more movie. They should have kept her around. Yeah. Um, it sucks. I think that's a shitty death. I think that's a shitty setup. I like the action scene of the car stuff and the tension of them getting out of the car scene. That's a great scene. But her oh, yeah. just like, it's good that Sid decides that, you know, I want to face this. I want to stop running, but like just having her stand over there by, by the thing. And it's like somehow Ghostface got around to that corner all the way around and then pops out and gets her. And I'm yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah. She yeah. was the one who said to run, like find a different moment to kill her. She went out too sad. Um, I think she, she doesn't get a lot of lip service, but I think she's an important, like grounded friend for Sid uh, that, that it's worthwhile to have her there. A good supporting friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's really, I that's the only kill where I was kind of like, that's 
how'd Ghostface do that? Because he's because it's just Timothy Oliphant at that moment, and where it's applied to be that that one because uh, he's beaten up already when, when he takes off the mask. Right. Um. So it's if it's just him, you don't have the excuse of well, the other killer was there, and that's how he got around so quickly. I'm trying to tr- track in my brain how they would have missed him, and I'm like, there's just no way. <laughs> There's no way he could have got over there. Right, especially <laughs> because, like, the thing is, like, sure, Sydney's facing away from the car, but Hallie isn't. No. Yeah. Um, and, like, you can do suspension of disbelief, but it's it's to the degree where I'm like, it's the one should Hallie like, maybe not have should have died here? Yeah, the answer is yes. Or just make it have. way more creative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because the tension, the tension of that scene is so wonderful, and you oh. don't need to kill someone in that scene because it, that, it's just that tension there. And... Sorry, Ben's stretching was distracting. Um, uh, when when he uh, when when I lost my point. No, it's it's oh, that that first time I ever watched that scene uh, with the car with the car and everything. That that is a true edge of your seat moment where I was just like the whole time like, oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the best tension building scenes in the franchise. It really is. It's a super good one. Um, they did a really great job with that scene, yeah. uh, especially like the 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 thoughtfulness of the pipe going through just enough so that they could peel the back grate to get out of the cop car. The fact that it was a cop car and like it all organically fit in very well. I'm like, this was so well crafted. This is, oh, yeah. such the, a such an uncomfortable moment. Going back to the the Dewey the Dewey kill, but before that, like hiding in what looks like almost like a maze of soundproof rooms, like going in between like corridors. Uh, brilliant. And then she hides behind the glass and like goes face to stalking around. Uh, so she can't hear doing. Yeah. And I think again, that that's, that is a, that is a incredible, like, like kill scene. Cause Gail is like, uh, uh, Courtney Cox is like delivering a great performance. Like seeing this guy get killed again, basically, uh, the, the, the sec, the, the new love of her life again, getting stabbed. Uh, it's brutal in the way it's like, he gets up. I love, he always cleans his blade. I love that. I don't know why. It's just like so sadistic. Like, yeah, the next one. One of the things that makes Ghostface such such a fun killer is that there, you know, is is what what Spark said. He's fallible. You know, he he can he can be tripped up. He can be found out. He can be knocked unconscious. And and it makes a lot of tension scenes, but also a lot of comedy scenes. I think one of the funniest things in this movie is that he gets caught playing the tape in the when Gale and Dewey are about to have sex with the thing, and they see the tape and they look up and they look up and there he's like, oh shit, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that's very funny. Yeah, just like Ghostface, like no matter who it is, uh, they're really clumsy and they love to murder. So like they like murder is their number one priority. So they become clumsy because they are so they're so locked in on murder and they will just run into anything. They will. The amount of times Ghostface is like trapped behind a door and he's doing the arm thing. You, you, you've done it like six times, my guy. You're not getting in. Um, it's a good shot. I love it. And and another thing I love about the Ghostface Killers is that you get to uh, you know Sydney confronting them, the reveal at the end, and Sydney always makes them feel so pathetic, mm-hmm. and like you, you're just nothing to me. Like you think you did all this and it's impressive, and it isn't. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean shit. And I can't wait to talk about next week because like one of my favorite things about Scream Three is the tear down of the killer in that one. Because holy shit, then you were in for it. I love. Um, I I'm lo- so excited. I love. I forgot. I wonder how I felt when I saw it younger, when I was young, because I don't remember how I felt. But now that I'm where I am, I love Mrs. Loomis as a killer because that is like on paper. It's so stupid. It is so <laughs> dumb. This random throwaway character that's mentioned in the first movie. Um, I just love how 
I love how like her motive, it's not, it's not, it's it's rational to want revenge yeah. on the girl who killed your son. That's totally normal feel. I'm totally normal. I love that idea. Uh and, and she it, and she commits. She's so she good. She's so committed that it's like this works. This works because she is absolutely committed to uh her wide-eyed bullshit. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, picking up little Mickey, like the perfect little protege, wants to make the, the ultimate sequel. Um and, well, I love it. Yeah, this like and the teardown the teardown of Mickey from Mrs. Loomis when he when when she kills him and she's just like, Did you buy that? Did you buy that court case thing for a second? Like, isn't that so stupid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, his idea. Mickey, yeah. Mickey was qu- quite a find, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, just need a little funding, a little backing, serial killer in the making." Oh, yeah. She's like, "Yeah, on the internet, there's you know, there's only like seventy six. You know, like finding him on the internet was like was easy peasy. Like that's uh, I love it." Uh, going back to the beginning because we we did breeze past it a little Jada, bit. Uh, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps deaths are also pretty impressive. Oh my god, I forgot um, that. Pretty jarring and and crazy to see, um, specifically. Like uh, something I love is that once you know Timothy Oliphant is Mickey, uh, if you go back and you watch the bathroom scene with Omar Epps, you listen closely. You can tell they recorded Timothy Oliphant saying the, these little, weird little word salad <laughs> that, that gets Omar Epps to lead in. And he's using this weird high-pitched voice, but it's very clearly Oliphant's actual voice. And I'm like, this is so goofy. I forgot how like he he puts all of his clothes on to sit back down with her. Yeah. Uh, I thought at first, I didn't realize, I thought she wasn't going to discover blood. It was that he was a white man. And I thought she was going like, to hold his hand and like, wait a minute. Uh, yes. The fact that the audience was going crazy and everyone is fake murdering their friends. So when she's actually getting murdered, no one pays attention. Right. And her, and scream, her going up onto the screen. Her yeah. guttural scream. Ah! Like, it's so good. Like, and then holding on her, laying there for a moment before we get the scream two title. <laughs> there's, there's a moment where she gets stabbed in the aisle and blood splatters onto the guy next to him. Uh, next next to her and, she, and he goes and you just see the guy like what what happened yeah uh-huh yeah uh no, great no, again, like, uh, hiring famous people to be in the opening of your movie to trick them i i really love it it's always fun i I, doing it. I also this is the invention of the stab franchise which will be a remaining thing throughout the, the rest of the films very Brilliant. smart now they can meta comment on their own meta comment bullshit films of their own murders that they created that's happening and in, in tandem and at the same time and it really works for me i think it's really funny yeah um i'm so i'm so glad we're doing this i forgot how good these movies are and it, it, if like i again it's been a while since i've seen scream 3 but like if that is the quote-unquote worst one and then i have a two more great movies after that then this is an incredible franchise yeah this is an incredible franchise and like uh, scream 3 is the weakest for sure but i don't think it's bad yeah bad. Yeah, yeah it's just like it's it, not this is not two. this is not on the level of of the others it yeah. just isn't but it's still like trying to be as creative and inventive and meta as the other ones yeah. so like it's not like it's being lazy it just well, it's not as good as the other ones we'll get into that next week for yeah, sure. yeah i'm excited about it um there are some really interesting needle drops in this movie i think specifically of like when we kill Sarah Michelle Giller, we just focus on her dead body down there. And then it's just like playing teen party rock as he cleans the knife and we move on to the next scene. Um, the, 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 the thing that I, I, I really like about uh, Ghostface is a killer. Once again, is um, when we see him in the background uh, being sneaky, it never looks menacing. It always looks silly. Yeah. Like when he when when he when when he like comes in through the door and he's just like, whoop, whoop, yes. and it's just, it's just never, like it never looks smooth. They're not yeah. good at their jobs. <laughs> and never... then there's the 
in the first one, there's the there's the zoom in into the bushes and he's the Bigfoot moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Um, again, just like the first one, they do a great job in this film of I again I think Mickey and uh Mrs. Loomis are both consistent with who they reveal themselves to be at the end. They are those characters in the scenes that lead up to it. You can see the nuggets when you go back. You can see the things that they're doing that are leading into it specifically. Um, I really love that these two moments are back to back. What happens is that um, Mrs. Loomis is trying to throw suspicion onto Dewey in front of the other reporters. And it immediately cuts to Mickey sitting down at a table with Derek and uh, trying to throw suspicion onto Randy. And so they're both like tag teaming, getting both of them uh, uh, under the bus at the same time. And I was like, man, that's really that's really smart when you know they're the killers. That it's like one, two punch right there. They're both throwing their old friends under the bus. Working multiple angles, yeah. Yeah. Cover their bases. Wasn't yeah, yeah. there a scene, wasn't there a moment where she tries to throw speculation onto Cotton? Where she's talking to Gail and is like, well, it just seems to me. Uh, no, that's uh, that's when she's talking about Dewey. And she says, Dewey. well, it just seems to me like if if uh, the killer is mimicking the, the murders from Woodsboro, then the killer might be from Woodsboro. Um, we haven't cotton, even talked cotton about Cotton Weary is the thing that Gail gets onto. Yeah, Liam Schreiber comes back as Cotton Weary. Gail pulls her really bullshit move to thrust it, uh, Sydney into a... <laughs> uh, a meeting again with him, which Sawyer punched in the face. Again. One of the, the scene between Cotton and Sydney when he's trying to convince her to do the Dion Sawyer thing, and he's like, he's like slowly getting more and more personal, and he's like doing like the you know the the typical like uh, aggressive male things you do, and I'm like, this is one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen. Uh, the way he like he touches her and he's like doing like his like fake laugh, I'm like, this is so menacing, but this man is innocent, he, but he's not he, acting like it. He has this. He has this kind of uh, thing about him. This chip on his shoulder. Like I'm owed this fame because of what you did to me. And he's got. And like, you you think of okay. He the first time we see him, we're like, oh okay. Gail's kind of stringing him around, and he really just wants to move past this. And very quickly throughout the movie, you realize he's not the killer, but the only thing he cares about is his fame, and he does not want to lose that. And it's it's. <laughs> The, the only way you can get famous is to continue to talk about the thing you didn't do. Yeah. Like, it's a weird way to get famous. Like, oh, I didn't kill someone. Here, I should be famous for it. Um, and, like, that—that that is that is people. That is how people chase fame. Oh, like, it, that does happen. Um, it's just really gross. And, like, luckily, like, not luckily, but, like, Cotton is such an interesting character. Like, by the end, like, he's, like, he is redeemed in a way. Uh, like, he is a, a good person who just, you know, you need to chill out a little bit, bro. Don't be so aggressive. Yeah. All right. Um, let me see here. Uh, Luke Wilson, uh, in particular, as Billy Loomis, is hilarious. That was <laughs> incredible. Tori Spelling, I love it. Um, that hair. I really, really love when Derek knows that Sydney's pu- pushing him away, and he breaks into the "I think I love you." And Jer- oh. Jerry O'Connell can do just the right amount of "I'm not very good at singing," but it's just passable enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to make it charming and sweet, and it's a nice moment with the Greek letters and everything. I think that's really cute. Man, the, ni- uh, the late nineties were, were rife with this, which like, again, like, yeah. really endears you to him. And it's it's at that scene that you're like, I really, really hope you're not the killer. Yeah, he sees really, I really, and it makes the oh, ending all charming. the more sad. And like, poor Derek. Oh my god, 
that kind of goes to the to the predictability and the unpredictability of the Scream franchise is that you know he's playing he, at this point they're they're actively playing with what your expectations for the sequel are going to be through Randy and a lot of the time where he's like it could be it could be the boyfriend again um you know, trying to recreate them the, for the first movie and so like you're playing with the idea Wes Craven is playing with the idea that the audience has this in their mind already they are they are slasher film fans you're going to see this and you're having this moment where you're like well it could be Jerry O'Connell it could be the he could be the killer in this one is that the predictable way to go but it's so predictable it could be unpredictable yeah I mean that's like the whole thing of like what's better than having a motive not having any motive of all that's so next generation isn't it i'm like these killers are so stupid i love every single one of them what's the what's the line it's the millennium you don't need a motive yeah, yeah motives yeah. motives are overrated yeah exactly uh, uh, i love it uh circumstantial motives are circumstantial um uh i like i really like dewey trying to look after sid that's why he shows up and mentioning that if there is a new killer then they're probably already in her life yep uh, i think that's really sharp I, I i like the way they introduce that so you can start looking at your suspects immediately yeah um the repetition thing of the names of the victims was a fun little goofy touch oh yeah the killing the same names yeah uh or or like attributed names like steven was in the last name instead of the first name but it was still there uh, in the order that they were killed in the first one i thought that was fun uh, but then after that, it goes away uh, <laughs> because they start just like having to kill people. Um, and I really well, they even say the... killing Randy wasn't in the wasn't in the plan. He just pissed off Mrs. Loomis. Yes, by, yeah. by making fun of uh, Billy. He insulted uh, my boy, and mm -hmm. I got a little knife happy. <laughs> got a little knife happy. She's so yeah. she's so good. She's so good at being committed to exactly the killer that she is. Um, uh, I really love the scene where Randy and Dewey are running down the list of suspects um, and like who can make sense. And, and Dewey's like, so you think it's this? And it's like, well, hold on there. <laughs> and just throwing them out. It's like, well, if you're a suspect, I'm a suspect. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, Chemistry is great between everybody. It really is. They're, they're a really fun cast to watch. And then uh, I love Sid turning the set against Mrs. Loomis at the end before mm -hmm. cotton shows up and helps her save the day oh yeah, yeah um i really love that i love the all the set pieces dropping down and then just because i gotta highlight because i i think it's just a really incredible stunt every time the part where gail gets shot on accident by timothy oliphant and flips down oh into my the god pit yeah and flips the thing she's standing on with her so that there's no more bridge and cotton has to hop over and also so mrs loomis can't run out of the stage uh when she's trapped that stunt is amazing every time I see it where like the thing like flips with her. I'm like, what an incredible stunt. It looks so good. <laughs> what did she say? Like when she's trying to get out of there, I can't remember, but uh, she's like, <laughs> are you okay? It's like, no, I've been shot. Yeah. yeah I've been the, shot. There's this really interesting thing that happens in the screen movies when, and especially in this one, when G both Gail and Dewey are supposedly dead. Um, and you have this thing, you, you have this relief that they're not, and it doesn't feel like you've been faked out. It feels like, oh, thank goodness. I did, was yeah. not ready to say, say goodbye to these characters. It would be, at this point, I think if Randy had a similar fake out, people would be relieved to see Randy uh, alive. Um, but Gail and Dewey having both these fake outs doesn't feel cheap. It feels like a gift to the audience. Like, actually, these characters you like are still alive. Right, yeah. Again, yeah. like everybody, like the stakes are real for all the characters, and like you want all of your heroes to survive, but like nobody is safe except Sid. Uh, Mag has a comment about Stu's uh, interest in the franchise. Um, 
It's the only time Stu gets referenced in the in the franchise being brain dead or in a comatose state that could be used in future Scream movies. They say that I didn't. I don't remember. I, I didn't catch that. I didn't, I didn't catch it. I, I don't know. I, I believe you. That. I believe you because like that is a big prevailing theory right now that Scream Screedy it is it is the mastermind Matthew Lillard twenty years later. Um, either that or it's a whole theater truth. That's this isn't I, this isn't going to give away three. Uh, but there were there was a. Uh, uh, he was contracted to return in three, yeah. uh, but they cut him out completely. Yeah, right. he was going to be in three, and they just and he's ultimately... in this. He's in this movie at the party, and you you can find him if you want to. Yeah, I heard um, about that. He's in the party. 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 Yes. Yeah, it's his it's twin brother Drew. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, uh, I I just think it's it's really really good. I think it's a real good one. Absolutely. I like it a lot. Uh, I. Also rate this one a ten. Hell yeah, I rate it a nine. I think it's it's very 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 good. Uh, just obviously, just not as not as tight. It's it's a sequel trying to do more, and it still does everything pretty pretty pretty, pretty great. Nine. Yeah, I'm saying it's a nine as well. Uh, eight point five. These are all good scores. Solid, solid, two solid. Ben, good movie. Ben, this was your first foray into Scream, 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 Scream Two. You didn't get to say a lot about Scream Two at the end there. You want any last thoughts on it? N- not really. Um, I pretty much gave most of the thoughts I had. Uh, this once again, this is my first time seeing it. So like, the more I'll see it, or the more I do watch it, I might have more to say about it. I know I had a few little tiny little criticisms about Scream Two, and also even Scream One, like how uh, Henry Winkler, the city's like, cop, when um. When Sydney's being interviewed and he you know he like pulls like pushes like pulls her head. I was like, "Hey, are you doing okay? You okay?" And the cops are like, mm-hmm. "Nothing." <coughs> Excuse me. Nothing becomes of that. Uh, <coughs> He's dying. Bloody hell, Ben. Yeah. Ben, Sorry. are you okay? Can you hear me, Good Ben? Some water, real quick, while Ben's drinking some water. Mag did point out that they give uh, Scream two a nine point five. They also said earlier Scream is a nine or a nine point five. Um, two great movies. I I, yeah. I, I really do wish wash on like is scream 2 truly better to me than scream 1 i think they're both really great i think it's like so happy with it it honestly like depends on what you look are you looking for a little more like bombastic murder movie than two is your bet you know uh uh, they're both they're both great two things real quickly ben yes are you excited to continue sure i like to see how so excited i'd like to see how these how these movies keep going forward um i was told that Three is a bit of a dip, but four, five, and uh, four and five are really good. De- are decent fi- slasher films. I have so far, seen, like... I have seen Scream three three times, and I have only remembered one of those times. I've seen it <laughs> once, so I'm excited because I saw it once, like as a teenager. I'm like, I don't need to see this ever this again. Gonna be, this is going to be a wild, yeah. wild week. It's been I'm so excited. Fifteen years, probably. I'm 31 now, so 16 years, probably. Since, God, since do you, do you remember who the killer is? I. Once I see everyone in the movie, I probably will. But right now, I can't. I can't tell anything. Uh, Sparks. Yeah. You might need to make that a perfect ten uh, uh, video soon. The perfect ten. Yeah, you know, if we all give something a ten, we play oh. a video being like, "Hey, perfect tens." Uh, yeah. Well, Scream didn't get it quite yet, so. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just saying we might want to be prepared. Sure. Sure. Um, cool. Although I was the only one to put five cream on their top 15s. <gasps> it's true. Oh no. It's a good state. It's still a good movie. Yeah. I okay. Love, I love five cream. Me too. I love um, five cream. I really like five cream. I can't wait. Okay. So 
This is a That's great time. That. I'm so I'm so pleased to be doing this. I'm so pleased to have been in the room with Ben because Ben joined us for these two. Uh, I'm so pleased to have seen Ben experience these. His reaction when Mrs. Loomis showed up was just chef's kiss. <laughs> wonderful. I, I was so happy. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm very I'm really happy that we that we're doing this. Um, so the 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 episode is running late because we had the DC slate to talk about. Uh, I, I highly doubt that a Scream three and four episode will go on nearly as long. But you are able to listen to this episode uh, separately should you want to. Should we go into our book club? 